0: Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Oh my goodness. Thank you guys. Thank you. Be seated. I have a funny story to tell you. Before I get started, so um, yesterday I went shopping because, you know, you need a new top to preach, you know, you just need a new outfit, right? It's a good reason, yeah. Yes, that's a <laughs> I'm telling you, no male preacher speaker has ever experienced what I'm about to share, okay? So I got my top, pretty excited. It was a good deal. One of my favorite places to shop. I came home, kind of showed it to Shane. He was like, that's really cute. This morning as I'm prepping for this message, I'm checking my email, and I get this email because I'm a frequent shopper at this place, and they tell me that the title is something like, Really Cute PJs to Give Away. And I click on the email, and I'm looking, I'm like, that kind of looks like my top. <laughs> and I, it wasn't the exact top, but I go to the website and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just bought a really expensive pajama top. I thought it was a really cute. <laughs> so I told Shane, I was like, hey, will you just, what do you think? And I was like, I like this like piping. The buttons are really cute. He goes, it's the piping and the buttons that make it look like. It's PJs, so I did not wear my PJs to church tonight. (laughs) But I can tell you, no man has ever experienced that issue, most likely. But yeah, I was like, loungewear? Is it loungewear, baby? He was like, don't wear it. Do not wear it. So I did get some new shoes, though, so there we go. (laughs) Always a reason. Okay, I am super excited to share with you tonight. I think it is significant Shane and I have been a part of this house building for several different congregations for over 10 years, and so I feel like it might be the last time one of us preaches on this stage. Maybe next week, Danny will be here, but I feel like there is some significance, and even this message that God's kind of dropped in me over the past year and a half. So Joaquin mentioned my business, and so obviously in the last year and a half a lot of transition has been going on in our nation, right? A lot of transition in my business, in the organizations that I work with. And so this message has actually been really transformational for me. And then last month, I was actually with a group of executives. It was a C-suite level in an organization. And after three consecutive days over months, this individual, the leader pulled me aside and he said, this was the most transformational training we have ever been through in our organization's history. And I was floored and I knew that it was the Holy Spirit. There was something on this in this season. And so that's really the heart of what I want to share. But I want to start by just saying, there's so many life transitions that we go through. There's graduations, there's marriages, there's new babies, There's new jobs, there's new homes, there's building new homes, there's building new churches. There's also loss of a loved one. There's sickness. There's being laid off from a job. There's many different life transitions that we go through. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are positive. Some are negative, and in the midst of all of that transition and all of that change, there's a lot of disruption. There's a lot of stress, and then you add a global pandemic on top of all the normal transitions that we walk through, and that's heightened stress. And that's the season that we're living in. If we look at the Bible, transition is throughout Scripture. One of the largest transitions in history is recorded in the book of Exodus. Moses went from being a baby in a basket to leading the children of Israel out of bondage and into the promised land. That did not happen overnight. That was a process. That was years. It was dramatic. There were frogs and (laughs) locusts and boil. I mean, you name it. There was a lot going on. Esther was a Jewish girl that found favor with a Persian king. She became queen, and then she stood before the king and pled on behalf of her people so that they would not be annihilated. A huge transition in that story. Saul, he was a persecutor of Christians. He had an encounter on the Damascus Road. And became Paul. That was a process. That was a transition. We've got Joseph who went from prisoner to prime minister. We've got Peter, Andrew, James, and John that went from fishermen to being fishers of men. We've got Matthew who was a tax collector. He became an apostle. Abram became Abraham, the father of nations. Do you know how old Abraham was when he had Ishmael or Hagar had Ishmael? He was 84 years old. That wasn't the promise. It was 14 years later when Abraham was 100 years old that Isaac was born. Are you feeling the time, the transition, the process? Yeah, oh, I don't want to have any babies right now, right? Woo, Sarah. Let's just talk about Sarah. Oh, my goodness. Life is full of changes, right? Life is full of constant change. And through all of that, we have so many opportunities to grow, to go deep with Jesus. And at the same time, we also have the very real possibility of getting stuck. And that is what I want to share with you tonight. I really want to talk about transition. So first of all, I'd love if we could bring the lights up just a little bit. Because I want to do a little bit of an experiment, okay? So I'd love for everyone to stand up. So Bethel Austin is officially three years old. Three years old. I want to see kind of the relational equity that we have built in those three years, Okay, so here's what I want to do. If you have been, if you have close relationships with five or more people for more than one year, remain standing, and that's with people in Bethel, Austin, that call Bethel, Austin their home. So, wow. (laughs) Okay, if you, so we got a lot of new folks in the room, if you have relationships with five or more people for more than three years, remain standing. If it's less than that, please sit down. Wow. Okay, how about 10 people? We're going to expand the number of people for more than five years, and there are some people I can still stand here because I know some of you. Okay, look around, guys. There's not that many people standing. Thank you. You can all be seated. Do you know that it takes 50 hours of time with someone before you consider them a casual friend? And these are studies that are done by the American Psychological Association and Organizational Development in relationships. Okay, 50 or more hours with a person before you consider them a casual friend. Do you know how many hours it takes before they're considered a real friend? 90 hours. And what about someone to consider them? A close friend over 200 hours. It takes time, guys, to build family. It takes time to transition. We've got to be committed to put in the time. That's why we always, I, I love mission trips. <laughs> And I can't wait till we can start doing that again. Shane and I took a group of how many, I don't know how many people, to New York about two years ago. That's right. And we became family in those seven days. Literally, if you think about a life group that meets twice a week for two hours at a time, that's four hours a month times 12 months, that's 48 hours of a life group. Remember, it takes 50 hours (laughs) to become casual friends. Just let that sink in for a moment. So that's why going on mission together, literally spending day, I'm looking at some of you that went, I see you. We became family in that week. It's literally years of what Life groups and all the serve teams and all of that happen in the context of literally spending that much time together. So my heart for sharing this message tonight is to normalize some of the process, even normalize maybe some of the hard. Because I've heard a lot of your stories It hasn't actually been easy transitioning into a church plant. We all have our stories. Transition is not easy. In fact, people say that change is easy, transition is hard, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. So really my heart is to normalize some of the big emotions that we feel and even to give you hope and some strategies that are going to make not only transitioning even in this next season of Bethel Austin, but in every transition that life brings your way. Okay, so let's talk about change and transition. So I'm a consultant. I work in corporate America. I've been talking about change and transition for years. Honestly, I kind of thought they were the same thing. (laughs) And I've learned a lot. They're actually not. So I want to tell you what the difference is. Change is actually something external. It's something that happens to us, okay? It happens to us. We might have chosen that change, or it might have been forced upon us. It's a momentary thing, the loss of a job, a marriage, a new baby. All of these things happen in a moment, now then, transition is the internal process. It's what's happening on the inside of us, and every single one of us experience the same change differently. God created us so uniquely, and we can all walk through very similar circumstances, but process it completely Differently. And so I really want to talk about that internal process, what's happening inside of us. It's the psychological process that we walk through to adapt to that external change. It's what's going on in our hearts, it's what's going on in our minds. It can take time and it can get messy, guys. It really can. Okay. We have some promises. Hebrews 13:8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise the Lord. <laughs> in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, we have a rock that is the same. The same God that delivered the children out of bondage into the promised land. He's the same. He is the same today. So I want you to think about a bridge. Okay? I, want to, I want to give you a little model of a transition bridge. You can think of any bridge. On one side, maybe we think of the 360 bridge here in Austin. Okay, On one side of the bridge, where that beautiful overlook is, We're settled. It's the place where we feel affirmed and known and secure. We have deep relationships and connections. We have an established community. We go out a little further and change happens. And things become unsettled. Emotions can start coming up. Anxiety, fear, are we doing the right thing? (laughs) What are we doing? In the middle of the bridge is the big process that I want to take some time to dive into tonight, and that is actually where chaos happens, (laughs) and it's where many people can get stuck. Some people are literally holding on by their fingertips, (laughs) hanging off the bridge. But there's some strategies that we can help each other in that process. And then we go a little bit further across the bridge, and we begin to get resettled, where things start being a little more familiar. We've made some friendships. We have some community. We feel a little known. And then we step back into that settled place where we're affirmed, and we feel valued and known and secure. So I want us to talk through that bridge, but I have a funny story about an actual bridge that my family experienced several years ago, and it was the Golden Gate Bridge. We were on vacation. My husband thought it would be a fabulous idea to rent bikes and ride across the bridge. Now, in this season, Shane was riding bikes. He actually was officing in the building across the parking lot. There was a shower there. He would ride, he was bike from our house to here and home every day. He had, he had a commuter bike, a road bike, and an off-road bike. I mean, he had the legs to bike. So, of course, he thinks this will be a really fun bonding experience for our family. Now, the rest of us know how to ride bikes, but we don't ride bikes. And I don't know if you've ever rented bikes, but they're kind of clunky, And my man loves a good deal, and so he got a great deal at this bike shop that was about five miles from the start of the bridge. So we have one child that has totally checked out and ready to quit before we even get to the bridge. So we have to stop, and we talk, and we get her back on, and we get going, and we kind of part ways, some ride ahead. We're going to meet up on the other side of the bridge, and we make it. We have a photo to, you know, commemorate the moment, and then we have to ride down to Sausalito. Anyone else ever done this before? Okay. That road is windy. It's narrow. There's no bike lane, and cars are going fast. So, we get single file, one in the line, and, I, and we realize, you got to go. Like, you're going downhill. You just need to go. My sweet son, who's here tonight, I remember you stayed back. You're like, I'm going to take care of my sisters. Y'all go. When we all get together in Sausalito... Blood is coming down his leg. He has been pushed into a wall. I mean, I'm just like, oh my gosh. But we get it all cleaned up. We have a nice lunch. We get ice cream. We tour the town. We're sitting in the grass. It's a wonderful day. We're talking about, oh, we're going to take the ferry back. Well, there are two ferries going back over to San Francisco. One is going to get us very close to the bike shop. The other, not so much. So we're looking. I mean, literally, we're just laying in the grass. It's a beautiful day. And then one of our children notices this line of people with bicycles. And we're like, what is, what is that? Oh, that's the line to get on the ferry. We've been sitting here enjoying the breeze. We trash our ice cream, we run and grab our bikes, we frantically get in this line, and we are praying, Jesus let us on this ferry, because this is the one we need to be on. We do not make the ferry. We get on the last ferry, going to San Francisco. Well, now we are running out of time. The bike shop is going to close. And we need to return these bikes because we're staying in an Airbnb across town, and we have Ubered to the bike shop. So Shane says, don't worry, babe, I'll ride ahead. And I'm talking San Francisco, okay? I'll ride ahead. I'll hold the door. I will not let him close shop. It'll be fine. Well, we didn't communicate that message to all of our children. So Shane takes off. A couple of kids are right behind him trying. Remember, he was biking every single day in this season, and he leaves us. One child's phone dies. She can't see her father. She can't see her mother, who is trailing in the end. (laughs) I get to her, and now she's in college. She is in tears, borrowed somebody's phone, daddy hung up on me, I can't, I don't even know what is happening, I'm like, calm down, okay, we get together, and one of my daughters and I literally walk our bikes into the bike shop, because our backsides and our legs cannot handle it any longer, it was a quiet Uber ride, (laughs) back to the Airbnb, we we did get the bikes back, And we had a great deal. (laughs) And let me tell you, the next day, well, even that night, we had to have a family meeting. (laughs) We had to have some conversations. The next day, it was still, you know, there were some hurt feelings. There was a lot of miscommunication. Even a week later, I don't even think we could laugh about it. But fast forward a few months, and I heard one of our children telling someone about our vacation, and they said, what's your favorite part? And they were like, we rode bikes across the Golden Gate Bridge. I was like, okay, Jesus can redeem every season. (laughs) So that's why I wanted to share that story. Some of you may feel like, I haven't even gotten to the start of the bridge. You're talking about this transition. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to go across. Or maybe you get to the other side and you've got some bruises, some blood. <laughs> maybe you're blissfully laying <laughs> on the grass and things are happening around you that you have no control over. God is in your midst. God does not let anything in our lives happen without purpose. Every season prepares you for the next. Every single season in life is preparation for the next season. And there's some fun that can be had (laughs) if you'll look for it. Okay, so let's talk about When seasons are prolonged, because that's what we're experiencing right now as a nation, prolonged seasons of change. And when that happens, people can get stuck. Also, burnout happens. If we're not aware, (laughs) it's all over the news. You're seeing it in your jobs 40% of our country has either resigned or plans to resign before the end of the year. But economists are confused because they really thought by this season people would be re-engaging, and they're not. Burnout has happened. Now, I want also to think about, this has been happening, I've seen this in, um, in my work, but irrational decisions are being made Good people are doing things and acting out in ways that they've never done before. Our bodies are even starting to talk to us. Sleep issues, migraines, stomach problems. It's stress, guys. It's stress. So I want to talk about that unsettling, that we've just left the shore, we're onto the bridge, that unsettled phase. It's also called the endings. And in that season, we can experience loss. It's the letting go of what was before. In that endings phase, in the unsettling phase, we do need to let some things go. be able to move across that bridge. And this is where people can struggle. And it's not always hard things that we have to let go of. (laughs) Some of the things are really amazing things, really good things. that We have to be open-handed and release. You know, sometimes we have to empty out ourselves to let the more of God pull her in. In pre-service revival, Ben was talking about the season of increase that we're stepping into. Guys, there's an emptying of us that needs to happen to be able to receive the more of heaven. So have an open heart. Have open hands. Amazing things are coming in this next season. And some of those unsettling things, I just want to kind of normalize it for you. A lot of you are having babies. Those are wonderful things. But guess what? That's right, Jordan. It's coming. Rest up, girl. Rest up now. Because let me tell you, every new parent knows Oh, my sleep, what I knew before, I have to let that go. My Saturday mornings where I could sleep in, that's got to (laughs) go. There's this little person that's dependent upon me to stay alive. It's a big responsibility, guys. (laughs) And those are beautiful things, beautiful, beautiful things. You know, graduations. Those are ending seasons. We do that to mark that aspect of life, to move on to the next. There's a letting go even. Even when you graduate college and step into that first job, that new career, there's a loss that happens. I remember my first Christmas break after college, and I was like, what do you mean I only get two days? I'm pretty sure it's like four or five weeks, right? No. You get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I was like, whoa, that's a reality check. It's a big loss. <laughs> Lots of things change. But with every gain, we need to realize there is a loss involved as well. But it's worth it, guys. It's worth it in the kingdom. As we're stepping through some of those losses, I think one of the biggest things I've seen in the last year and a half is structure. Everyone became a homeschool parent. Many of you were working from home. Some of you may still be working from home. You're trying to log in to school, to work, to all the things. Structure changed. There was this loss that we felt. Even a future that we had planned, Shane and I are empty nesters round two. (laughs) Right before COVID, we were an empty nest couple, and we were really excited. we went to London with Joaquin to the Heaven and Healthcare Conference. We went to Spain on our anniversary. I had all these plans of a lot of travel and then COVID. And guess what? Our nest... Got full again because that college student, that freshman, the dorms closed. She came home. It wasn't easy, guys. It was hard for all of us. All of us had that loss of structure. The future I had planned changed in a moment. Ah. Even some of our attachments have changed. Those friendships, those relationships, when you walk through transition, transition. Lots of things can come up. And we have options (laughs) that we get to choose of how we deal and handle those losses. And those are things like we can try to restore what we had before and get it back. We can try to replace it. Maybe you had a job that you left and you try to replace it with a job at a different company, similar job. We can try to redesign Or we can relinquish and just let things go. We have choices of how we handle that ending phase. As we get to that process of the ending phase, we need to acknowledge the losses, choose our response, and then celebrate and end well. There's something huge about ending one season well, because as we end one season, it literally sets us up for the next season. Now, I want to talk about the messiest, hardest, scariest, most productive, innovative, growth oriented part of any transition process that you walk through in life. It's that middle of the bridge, chaos, where big emotions can come up. You know, I think in the church, we haven't done the best job about talking about emotions. You know, the Word of God says anger is actually an emotion, a human emotion that God has given us The Word says to be angry, but do not sin. Sometimes we're just like, oh, that's a bad one. We don't want to go there. There's a righteous anger that God wants to put inside of us to say no to things that are against the kingdom of God. You know, the Word also says be anxious for nothing. Oh, anxiety is bad. We need to talk about it. It's a real emotion. We're human beings created in the image of God and we experience real things. And if we can't learn in the church to talk about our anxiety in a healthy way and how to walk through it together and get the help that we need, come on, church. Let's be real. Fear. You know, it's an actual, real human emotion. I mean, there's a spirit of fear. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that. There is an emotion that God put in us to protect us. When your child steps out in that street, that part of your brain kicks in, and you are going to pull them back, right? That's fear. A healthy fear. So when these emotions come up and we don't talk about them and we press them down, guess what? It's not productive. Many of us have not learned how to process emotion in a healthy way. We were raised that way. Our families, that's the way they process You know. None of us were raised in a perfect environment. We are not perfect. I learned some things from my family of origin that weren't necessarily healthy. You get mad at somebody, oh, we just don't talk to them anymore. It's not real good in a marriage. (laughs) So, processing those big emotions. There's two things that we can do as the body of Christ in the midst of chaos and transition. Number one is to show care and concern. For some of us, that's very easy. For others, that's going to be challenging. And I want to tell you the practical way that looks. It means listening, being present, holding space, acknowledging their pain. What it doesn't mean is trying to fix it for them. I am a fixer. I hate to see people in pain when my children are in pain. I want to fix it. And this has been a hard one for me to learn because I can go right into fix it fix it, Jesus, you know, fix it mode. But that is not what care and concern is all about. The second thing we have the opportunity to do, and I really want to talk about this one, are what I call the four Ps. In transition, we need to be communicating these four things really clearly. To our families, to our teams at work, to our teams at Bethel Austin, to our community. The first P is purpose. What is the purpose? Why are we going through this change? In a marriage, we're going to partner together. We're going to do this together. There's a purpose in why we said yes. Let's talk about Bethel-Austin. Remember that experiment I had you do earlier where we stood up? Okay? We realized that time is going to help bring us closer together. Many of us could be, I'm not saying this is an across the board, but we could be feeling that our roots haven't gone very deep yet. Do you know what the purpose of Bethel Austin is? I think I actually heard it. To passionately pursue the presence of God and to see heaven come alive in Austin. That's why we're here, guys. That is our purpose, to passionately pursue the presence of God. I love our worship. Dylan, you were passionately pursuing the presence of God, and it lit something inside of me. I was like, this, yes, this, this is what it's all about. This. I could feel heaven drawing near as we passionately pursued the presence of God together as family. That's purpose. The second P It's picture. In any transition, you need to have a picture, a clear picture of where you're going. Let me tell you what it looks like, and I want your mind's eye to go there with me. When a body is passionately pursuing the presence of God and we see heaven touch Austin, what does that look like, guys? Revival that looks like literally families reunited, it looks like salvation, it looks like healing, it looks like people set right in their minds, it looks like provision like we've never seen before. It looks like addicts getting delivered. It looks like broken bones being healed at Walmart. Let me tell you something. When a people passionately pursue the presence of God, every single church in Austin is going to be doing what you said, Ben, at the very beginning. People are going to get baptized, fully clothed every single time believers in this city meet together. Guys, if you're weary in serving, you need to keep that picture ever present before you and know that the purpose is to passionately pursue the presence of God and see heaven come alive in Austin. There's a plan. That's the third P. We've got to have a plan. I'm just thinking about the plans for our new building. They've been all over my house for months. It's a book, let me tell you. There's a plan. God has a plan for each one of us. And you know what? The plan, when you go through transition, it's very practical. There are practical steps that we all need to be doing. We need to do them in little chunks. We need to have timelines. It's very specific. It's very clear. And let me tell you what that looks like. For us at Bethel Austin, that looks like finding community. That looks like getting equipped. That looks like literally growing deeper in relationship with God and with one another. That's the plan. And the fourth P in the process is part. It's the part that I play the part that you play in this transitional process. And again, let's make it personal. Let's talk about Bethel Austin. I don't know if any of you remember Banning Leapshure's sermon on church as a family, not a business. If you haven't seen that sermon, I highly recommend you go find it on YouTube. It is powerful. And it is so true. We... Need to commit to being family members. And you know what that's going to look like for some of you in this next season? That's literally going to look like you opening up your homes to host the presence of God and leading a life group. For some of you, your part is going to be serving and impact kids and raising up the next generation of revivalists. For some of you, your part is going to be working with our youth and pouring into those young people and calling out the gifts inside of them. For some of you, it's to come alongside some of our young adults who are stepping into careers and figuring out their place and being the moms and dads and the grandparents that they need pouring into them. For some of you, your part is going to literally be stepping out on that new parking lot across town and being the first face that someone sees when they pull in to our new facility. For some of you, your part is going to be a greeter. And your smile and your welcoming heart is literally going to transform someone's lives when they step in to family. Some of you, your part is being an usher. You're going to be usher. In the presence of God and helping people find their place. For some of you, you need to be on our Connect Coach table and you need to connect the body into their right place in this house. For some of you, your part is going to be to be on our safety team, to making sure that we're hosting a place that people feel safe and welcome when they come in. For some of you, you need to serve on our IT team. You need to be in graphics, in our video, you need to serve in that creative way. For some of you, I I can keep going, guys, you need to be on our photography team, you're creative, you see things that some people don't see, and your pictures that are going to be posted online are literally going to transform lives, for some of you, you need to apply for this prophetic art team. It's going to change people's lives. Some of you, your part is to serve on this prayer line and pray for miracles and see people's lives transform. Some of you, there's intercession inside of you, and your part is to serve in that way. You getting the drift where I'm going? Everywhere, what What have I left off? Sound, yes, our sound team, yes. Transformation Center, man, we need people to come alongside and talk about those big emotions that we're walking through and see people's lives transform. Some of you need to go on outreach with Tim. Some of you need to serve in the coffee shop and literally give people a cup of java and tea and some joy. How about our new bookstore that's going to be beautiful? You need to be in that place bringing heaven to earth. Every single one of us should be serving in this family. If you have had a hard time transitioning into Bethel Austin, you have a part to play. And we want to show care And concern because we know it hasn't been easy. We want to continually tell you the purpose in your life and paint that picture of what your gifts are going to look like in this house. We want to push you forward with that plan and see you fully. Engaging your gifts in this house in your part. (laughs) We are not consumers, guys. We're not customers. This is not a business. We're family. And it's time that we start doing our part. (laughs) And guess what? That is when you step into that final phase of transition, which is new beginnings. It's not a date on the calendar. It's not just something that happens like, oh, today. It's when you're fully connected. It's when your roots go deep. It's all of a sudden a shift in your heart, and you're like, ah, oh, this is home. Hope is restored, relationships go deep. We're known. Transition is where transformation happens. Every season prepares you for the next. I want to leave you with some hope. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until that day in Jesus Christ. God has started a good thing in each one of you, and he will be faithful to complete it. He started a good work in Bethel, Austin, and we're about to step into a new home. As Joaquin said, it's kind of the soft open. (laughs) There's going to be lots of opportunities for all hands to be on deck. We are going to need you like we have never needed each other before. To lean in, to rely on, to call each other higher. Take a deep breath, everyone. Can I have someone from the worship team come back up? Thank you. Here's how I want to close the service. I want our prayer team to come on forward. We've got some amazing prayer servants that want to pray with you and for you. They want to show care and concern. They want to pour into you purpose, give you a picture, a plan. Pray for your part You know, many of us are going through multiple life transitions, and they can compound one on top of another. And sometimes it can feel very chaotic. And God has given us the body so that we're not alone, we're doing this together. So if anything that I have shared tonight, I know I shared a lot. <laughs> I literally prayed through three full days of corporate training and asked God for me to partner with him and communicate this in a way that translates. And I hope that something that I have said tonight has gone deep into your heart. And so if you're in the midst of that unsettling or maybe you're in that chaotic neutral zone. <laughs> or maybe everything is amazing and you've soared through many transitions. I can guarantee you that there are more of life's transitions to come. <laughs> and hopefully, through some of the things that I've shared tonight, you'll take those nuggets and do things a little differently. So I just invite you, if you need prayer tonight, we've got this amazing team that is here to pray for you. So I want to encourage you to get up out of your seats and come forward if you feel that any part of this message has spoken to you and you want someone to partner with you and pray for you and encourage you in this season of life that you're in.